Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. Uh, I'm here at the Global Office of Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas, and uh, here with our founder, Rocky Fleming, again. Hey there, Brian. And uh, we... uh, we're really excited today to, to kind of talk to you guys about some something really new and, and fresh, perhaps, and uh, to some of you guys out there. But, uh, you know, we've been doing journey groups for, uh, gosh, uh, 17 years, I guess it is now, and eighteen going on 18 years of journey groups that have gone, starting in Northwest Arkansas and spreading to California yeah. and Tulsa, Memphis, all, all, a lot of places in the country. And, yeah. And... Uh, Really excited. So a lot of you listening out there have probably been through the journey. Some of you maybe went through in the early days, and uh, you're still on our email list, so you're getting you're getting notifications about these podcasts. But uh, but you know, uh, we thought you know uh, a lot of you guys have been through the journey, and and you're ready for what's next. And so we we got the next for you, yeah. and it's going to be Journey 2.0. Yeah. And we're really excited, aren't we, Rocky? Yeah, we are excited about it. You know, it's always good to roll out something new, right? Yeah, especially a new year and everything. Uh, a new so. year, new year, a new a new everything and new uh, commitment yeah and uh, and in in our spiritual life to step into a freshness and a newness uh, invited deeper more and more deeper into our relationship with Christ and in our purpose and and, it, and sometimes we need a new program to do that. Yeah, a lot of these guys have been through the journey, so they like, oh, I already, I already know all the material. I've already journaled through all the verses. Yeah, and all got that, that so I, checked off. Right? Yeah, so I'm done. I'm done with that part. So, yeah, so yeah. Journey 2.0 is here for you, right? Yeah, you know, because 1.0, one, 1. Uh, sometimes it's not understood. Yeah. I mean, uh, sometimes 1.0 is about our spiritual walk, and that, that's important. You know, we have to understand that we can't do anything with anybody else, including love our wife and our children, our family, and our world. Can't influence that world unless it's right within us first. And that's why we always emphasize soul health. Mm-hmm. But um, when you get healthy in your soul and you're saying, okay, what's next? I mean, you, you're saying, is that it? Just all about... Me getting healthy in my soul and just making sure I'm I make it to the end and arrive comfortably at the end. Mm-hmm. Is that is that it? Well, you know, it seems like that's what some guys kind of think that maybe, and they sometimes guys even go through the group a group again just to just to kind of maintain. They just yeah. do maintenance, keep going on one point and they just don't ever get two point So right. we had to we had to make sure that they understood that there is a two point There's something even better than 1.0 mm-hmm. is something that will take them even deeper than 1.0. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, It'll give them more information, more wisdom, a deeper walk with Christ. I mean, it's probably the most amazing part of 1.0, and that's 2.0. Yeah, and and I think a lot of guys out there have been waiting for this because they they just haven't gone as far as they want to go. They they want to go deeper. Why do you think they have been waiting? I don't know. I guess they're uh, they're taking their lead from us. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. So maybe that's why we we've got to just really be very clear. Yeah, 
that they've got to get beyond 1.0. Mm-hmm. And that's why 2.0 has been is being emphasized right now. Yeah. Well, maybe we need to talk Tell a little bit about 2.0. Yeah, yeah. How you get the materials and all that? Is is there a new manual or anything like that? No, no. It's the same manual. Same manual. Okay. In fact, it's the same one that they went through with their journey groups before. And uh, during that time, they were able to be established in. Uh, 1.0 to be able to enter into 2.0 and do it quite well. So there's there's use of a manual, there's use probably a journal. Is it going to be a critical component? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All of the things that they learn in 1.0, they will continue to do that, but there will be a big um, addition that really will bless them probably more than the first one. And what, what is that? <clears throat> Helping someone else find what they found. Mm-hmm. Sounds like guiding a group is what it sounds like to me. Well, it's it's actually being a disciple. Yeah. Because, Brian, you know, uh, being a disciple means that we've got to make disciples. But we can't make a disciple unless we are a disciple. So now we get into 1.0. Mm-hmm. 1.0 is to give them all of the basically some of the fundamentals and and uh, to be clearly aware of what it means to now learn to walk with Jesus. Mm. But uh, to be a disciple now, you can't just hang out there. It, it's so going to be something that actually it's a tension that we're going to have with, with our king. Mm. Because it, it he said, it, uh, you know, go and make disciples and teach them those things I've taught you. Well, what did he teach them? One of the last things he taught them is you must abide in me. And then he says, now go make disciples. Hmm. Teach them to abide in me. So what we're trying to do in 2.0 is to up the game a little bit more. Yeah. I, I You know, I think of your allegory, Journey to the Inner Chamber, and uh, the story didn't end when the guy finally got across the threshold into the inner chamber and, and got over his fear of personal abandonment and absolute trust and joined the feast in the inner chamber. The story could have ended there, right? Or a lot of people think that's where it does end. And then unfortunately, they think that. But that's not where it ended. No. He was dispatched. He was dispatched with new strength and uh, new tools and yeah. new weapons and, and, and sent to the battlefield. He was equipped, mm-hmm. and then he was dispatched. Yeah. But then he repeated. I mean, he, he repeated the cycle by going and reaching people and taking them to that place that he had been taken by somebody else who had done that for him. Remember, that man who was now dispatched to the refugee camp was also reached by a, an influencer, a knight, mm-hmm. who came out of the inner chamber and was dispatched to him. Mm-hmm. It's a cycle. Yeah. It's the gospel. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, what I love, this is really one of the differences about the whole journey when I was when I first discovered it, I think, was that it was so reproducible. It, it didn't depend on a guy who's a Bible teacher or a theologian or a key figure. Any man or any woman could just take the, take somebody through this. The material was so easy to use and the processes were, were simple. They were deep but simple, you know. They're complex, but they're attainable, you know, and uh, and so I, that's the, that was the beautiful thing about it, and that's what we've the beauty that we've seen is when people do that. Yeah, 
But I guess our prayer is that that more people will step up, I guess, to to fulfill the Great Commission. Well, yeah, and also not only fulfill the Great Commission, but fulfill the benefits of being a disciple. Yeah. We weren't kidding about that it is a a deeper, I mean, a more fulfilling thing, right? I mean, that that wasn't a joke. It's really true. No, Brian, see, I had already entered into my journey years before I ever went public with it in 2001. Mm Mm-hmm. And, man, I was going deep, and I was learning so much and enjoying him. But there was something missing. And uh, and what it was, basically, is I felt like the Lord was saying to me that I needed to help other people see Jesus as I'm seeing him. Now, I was kind of a lone ranger out there. I didn't know if I had a unique view and nobody else had it, uh, uh, you know, why, why would I think I could help anybody else? And it was just pretty, you know, honestly, it was just innocent that I looked at people and said, well, I kind of know where they are because I've been there, and I'm not judging them. I'm just knowing that one of the best things that ever happened to me, if not the best things that ever happened to me, is learning to be loved by Jesus and learning to love him back and, and then joining him and serving somebody else. Mm-hmm. And as much as it was for reaching out to them, it was also re- reaching to Jesus. Yeah, It was my a deeper way of reaching to him. And, you know, I felt like he was saying... I want you to come to me and go deeper, but I want you to bring somebody else with you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you won't go deeper. Mm. And uh, so it was just part of my discipleship uh, that had already begun years before. But as a result, uh, you know, we saw what happened. It, it it resonated within people's hearts. There was a need there. Uh, the message was favorable. Mm. God had favored it. Mm favored it in my life, and now he was favoring that same message in their life. And I was able to to watch on the sidelines as he was able to take these uh, men uh, through the same process I, I did. And not only that, that they continued to, after they got out of my mentorship and out of out of the, uh, the group itself, they began to take what they were learning and reaching out to other people. And then the DNA was infused. And we began to understand, and they began to understand, that it's got to be that way. It's got to reproduce. It's got to grow. It's, it's organic. Mm. And if it doesn't reproduce, it doesn't grow, then it's it's more organizational and driven by man rather than inspirational, driven by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, Amy Carmichael, read Amy Carmichael years before, and I'm just going by memory here because this is many years ago that I read one of her books. And... Uh, she was a missionary in India, and some of her writings are just profound to me. And she had uh, she had said something about she was talking about the flow of the river, and she was saying, "Look at the flow of the river. That it, you look upstream, it's a constant flow of water coming down, and you see it, and then you look to down the stream, and you see the water going." And she went on to say, "Now, as long as that river's flowing, there there are benefactors of that downstream." But if you ever stop it up and you dam it up, then watch what happens downstream. Mm. It dries up. Mm. And the benefactors of it no longer have that flow of water. Um, and the fields that, that they used to water it with and the animals that they water with will die. And it become a desolate place simply because someone stopped up the flow of the water and built a dam. And then she said, and that's the way it is spiritually that whenever we're receiving the flow of the Spirit into our life, His love, 
his wisdom, uh, the vibrancy of that relationship, and we keep it only for ourselves. We stop it up, and we don't take it. It doesn't go downstream to the people in our life. Uh, they don't get the benefit of it. And in fact, she went on to say, and now look at the water that was once flowing. Now you're seeing it stagnant. Mm. And so that's what happens to us also is when it doesn't flow through our life, it stagnates in our life. It doesn't, it does, it's not the living water that Jesus talks about. It's a cistern that is, is I don't know if you've ever had cistern water. Mm. Well, if you go to Israel, uh, you'll see that they have several water sources. And when Jesus was talking about him being the living water, the people over there understood it because they need well water, and well water can be corrupted because people throw stuff in the well. Cistern water was like these big reservoirs that were made out of limestone, and they they collect rainwater and all that. And it was real chalky. It gets you by. You know, it you you wouldn't die by drinking it, but you sure wouldn't like it. But then there was there was spring water. There was that spring water that came from deep within the earth, and in those warm desert uh, areas over there, having uh, spring water, which is sweet water, which is water cold coming up from within, uh, it was the most favored water. And you know what they called it back then? They called it living water. Hmm. And that's what Jesus said he was. He says, I am the living water. And then he also said that I will make you streams of living water, right. didn't he? That's right. Uh, what, is, what is the picture we're seeing there? Hmm. That which we receive from him, we give away to others. Yeah. And if we don't, we will make for ourselves cisterns. Hmm. And that which we receive will be stale. And when you started doing this, you found what was missing, right? I, I mean, did. you found and you and you found. I know I you, I've led a lot of groups myself, and there's a joy in the Lord. There's a pleasure. You feel the Lord's pleasure, you know, when you're you giving away what you have. Oh yeah, you know, and then and then He fills you up even more abundantly yeah. than, than you ever felt the first time, you yeah. know. Um, so two what, point oh. <laughs> <laughs> two point oh. So what what is holding? What is what's the deal? Why why why? Are a lot of people not stepping up to guide a group after they go through it? What, what, what do you think? What do you, if we had to guess? You can holding? check the boxes on that one. And you can check one box that says, I'm lazy. Check. Yeah. Uh, two, I'm con- unconcerned about others. I'm selfish. Check. Okay. Uh, I'm disqualified. I'm not good enough. Check. Uh, I'm intimidated by other people. They might find me out. Check. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm ignorant. I don't know how. I'd like to, but I don't know how. Check. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that we would like to hear have it checked, and that is, I'm not sure if I can do this, but I'm willing to try. Yeah. Check. Yeah. And for that person who's really not sure of themselves, they're probably the best candidate. You know why? because they are dependent, they're prayerful, and they're saying to the Lord, I don't have much to offer in me, but I know I have a lot to offer in you. That's right. And I want to put myself out there, Lord, and I would just say, here I am, mm-hmm. use me. About as innocent as that, but boy, that is pure water. That's pure living water there, buddy. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I, you know, we really equate, uh, we try to follow what Jesus did with his early disciples and he sent them out in pairs, Mm -hmm. you know, and so similarly, we always believe that you need a co-guide, you know, that two, two people should go do it together. And, and that helps you with any fears or doubts or, and you have somebody praying with you over it and praying for the group. And, uh, and that becomes a really close bond too with your, your co-guides. Yeah, it, it does. And, and in fact, we have a lot of ministry teams like that, that continue to serve with each other and just have a new band of brothers that come in with them and they're mm-hmm. you know, investing in them and investing in them. I tell you the thing that kind of, kind of concerns me, Brian. Okay. And that is sometimes I see some, journey groups going on and I see repeat customers <laughs> two or three or four times mm-hmm. and it seems like that they love being a journey group and love being with men but they don't seem to understand that they've been qualified to help other people mm-hmm. and they seem to be a little bit more concerned about helping themselves rather than helping other people mm. and uh, and they're, they're missing a message and I want them to hear it and that is you do help yourself by helping other people. Yeah. Even more so. Yeah. And and you know, we never said it was easy. It's not easy to to do this, but it but you can do it. I mean, it, you can if you're faithful and you and like you said dependent on the Lord, um, you'll be amazed what God'll do, you yeah. know, with a faithful person. I heard a guy my age one time say, you know, I don't trust anything in my body that doesn't hurt. <laughs> well, I think that I'm getting to the point that I, I don't trust anything that's easy. Because that seems, there's such a deception in easy. Right. And uh, even uh, taking my leisure uh, and resting too much, I can be told I need to rest, but I tend toward being a little bit concerned I might get lazy. Mm-hmm. I might lose uh, attention that is a is a honestly attention that God puts on me to get up and keep going. And you know, at my age and with all the aches and pains that I have, like most men my age, you know, that's the de- deterioration process that goes on in our life. Arthritis and you know whatever you got, you got a lot of leftover injuries, and they just start accentuating when you get older. And it's so easy to sit in a chair and not get up. Mm. And uh, back when I was going through a lot of my surgeries, and it was extremely painful before that, uh, I had to really fight uh, to get up. But I knew that if I sat down that I would I would start doing that more often. I knew that if I just made it about me and had my quiet time every day and lived a leisure life and strolled around and spent time with my wife and didn't push myself. I just knew that that would lead to death. Mm. And uh, not just physical death, but I would lose a vibrancy in me. And instead, I got up and kept going, and I, and I look back now and I've discovered, Brian, that actually it was in those times when I was hurting the most that I was able to be sensitive the most, that I was able to do the most, that I was able to be more dependent on God than ever before, and then then as a result be able to deliver more of Him than me. Mm. So it worked to my advantage to having it being hard. Mm-hmm. And that's the way the, script, the, the spiritual life is, is that God does not make it easy on us because He wants us to build character and perseverance and, and trust and endurance, uh, and 
I mean, he blesses us with that. We can't look at it as, you know, an inconvenience and something that, well, I mean, he ought to make it easier for me. No. Hmm. We're, we're to be more than conquerors. Life is a challenge in life for everybody out there, and, and you can better believe he's not going to let it be easy for his disciples. Hmm. We're going to have to wade into life like everybody else, but the difference is there's something that goes on within our heart that grows us inside out that is beyond anything we can understand because we're willing to help somebody else find what we're finding. Yeah, and, and I would say, even though it's not easy, it's a joy. And like and guys like me and others who get it, wouldn't, we wouldn't think of not doing a journey group because mm-hmm. we just love it. I mean, we love being in the front lines there and seeing God. It's a front row seat to watch transformation Yeah, and watch God do ama- miracles, Yeah, real-life mi- miracles. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. just the stuff you get to see is amazing. And, you know, the other thing, Rocky, I was thinking is perhaps there's somebody that won't be reached unless one— Unless somebody steps up, you know, if and these people out here, they're listening, they all have a sphere of influence. And there's people that they could reach that even if you moved to the town and and someone gave me, you know, get, you got their name, they'd rather go through the journey group with this person who they know and trust than someone they don't even know. Yeah. You know? And we're just missing opportunities, I think, you know. Well, I, you know, I'm reminded of David Holmes. He, he moved back to his hometown. Yeah. And he was an active participant up here, and he was involved with journey groups. I think he co-led with you, did he not? Yeah, he did, yeah. And just a really a vibrant part of this ministry up here. He moved back home, and he had a fervor to go back and help other people. And guess what? It has not been easy. That's right. You know, they're not jumping in the bandwagon with him. And uh, he's a little discouraged. And I wanna, if he's listening now... I'm going to repeat what I told him yesterday in my text, and that is don't be discouraged. Make it your mission to abide in Christ. Be soul healthy. Keep looking at him and reaching back to others. And before long, that sowing will start reaping. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do is we continue to sow. We don't get discouraged by what we don't see. We're encouraged by the message that God has given us, that it will show up. We abide in him. We will bear fruit. It's going to happen. It will happen. might not look like what we think, but it looks like what he thinks. That's right. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it's another, it's an advanced stages of discipleship, actually. It's going to that place of now joining Christ and then joining the organism and expanding it. Yeah. I, I talked to a guy today who's in my virtual journey group, and uh, and he was just saying, he said, I'm just, he goes, I I can't believe it. And he's older, a little older. And he said, I can't believe my whole life I've never known about this stuff. Yeah. And he goes, I, I can't. I can't keep this to myself. I got to share this with my friends because they don't know this stuff. You know, and he just felt this burden yeah. and an excitement, and I and I was just like saying, "Praise God, that's awesome." Hey, listen to that. You know, that's God speaking to you. You know, don't hold, don't keep it to yourself. You know, you know, Brian. We've had I've had several uh, older men. I'm talking about you know my age and older that have been in their church for years, and then they go through the journey group and. They get madder than heck. I mean, they're ticked off. They come to me and they tell me, how come I have been going to church all my life and this is the first time I've ever heard of this thing called abiding in Christ? Mm -hmm. Why have I been been missing this all of my life? Going to church, I've never heard this. Why have I been missing this? They're angry. That's right. Well, you know, obviously it's one thing to be angry, but it's another thing to be active. 
Mm-hmm. And what you do is you turn your anger into be messengers. And you and here's your message. All my life I was a religious man. All my life I was in church, but I was missing out on the most beautiful aspect of being a Christian, and that's having an intimate relationship with Jesus. And I have found it now. Can I help you find it? Mm. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, I think uh, I just want everybody out to know that that we will help them. You know, we will help them. We have great regional directors who are very able to do training, do guide training. Um, um, I spend a lot of time myself personally helping people in new cities, you know, and even travel to, to mm-hmm. new cities and all that. So uh, so we, we have a process that God's given us, and we've got now we have tools to go with it. We've got a facilitator guide. We've got videos. we got all sorts of resources to help them and all that. So, so uh, I guess uh, what should we, you know, I think we just need to ask everybody to just to start praying, maybe praying, praying for are there people in my life that I need to, to pour into or share, mm-hmm. share what I have. Well, to continue the 2.0 uh, parody that we were talking about, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd like to also suggest that we have another staff person uh, that uh, is on staff with us that that will help them, uh, and his he, uh, he is called the helper, mm-hmm. and the helper uh, will actually uh, take up residence with them. In fact, he's already taken up residence with them if they're believers, they're false Christ. Right. The helper's the Holy Spirit. That's right. And the helper was sent to us for the very purpose that we're talking about. Jesus said to his disciples that you will receive the helper, and he will teach you, he will remind you of the things I've taught you, Mm. and he'll help you carry out that which I've commissioned you to do. Mm. Wait for him. Don't, Don't get out there until he comes. And then we know that was followed the Great Commission when they were at, and we read that in Acts, when they were in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came on, and that's when they launched. Mm. And so that same helper that was there doing dynamic things is still here now. That's right. If we'll use him. I know we, we do. I mean, we have, we have seen that. Not, not, not like that. I, I do speak two languages. I speak English and Southern. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't speak like they did. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the best leaders uh, follow the Holy Spirit. You yeah. know, the best groups are the ones that are spirit-led, you know, and it's not about the program and all that. It's just about getting people in a position where the Holy Spirit can ha- give himself or have they give their lives and let them, him have his way, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you know, one thing that Pete McKenzie said years ago, of course, Pete, you know, my good buddy there, and he's on staff with us, regional director in Southern Cal. And before that, he was with Navigators, and he had done a lot of uh, – uh, discipleship uh, studies that the navigators had. Colossians two seven was one that he cut his teeth on, and I did too, actually. And uh, and then he was a missionary uh, into Europe, and then he was a pastor of, of a church, and he's been in uh, vocational ministry since his mid twenties, and uh, so he's had a lot of of exposure to leading small groups, men's groups, and all that. So he said something to me one day that was kind of, kind of hilarious at first, and in his ir- ir- irony, ir- ironic, is he said it because of experience. He says, "You know, leading a journey group is the most intimidating, fearful thing I've ever done." 
I said, well, why do you say that, Pete? He says, well, he says, everything we do is about pointing a man to Jesus. And the fact is, if he's not there when, when we point, him, point them to him, then we have nothing else to offer. Yeah, that's right. And I said, well, you got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have anything else to offer but Jesus, and we're going to sell out. It's all about Jesus. And here's the truth, though. We have never pointed anyone to Jesus that he was not there waiting for them. That's right. All right, now I'm going to use that same analogy with the Holy Spirit. We have never asked anyone to lead a journey group and uh, and seek and ask for the Holy Spirit's help that he did not show up and help them. Yeah. Because he is as faithful to Jesus. Mm. And Jesus is the one who said, go make disciples. So we're and teach doing, them what I've taught you, <laughs> and we're doing we're doing what he asked the early disciples to do, right? Yeah. So, so he's pleased to help us with that, I think. <laughs> yeah, and favors it too. He you does. Know, whenever we do that, which he says he wants us wanted to do, then we can count on him favoring the results in our work. And you know, the worst thing that comes out of that is we might not have anybody that we take to a journey group that tends toward getting it right now. They might later. Yeah, we might feel like that we just had a futile effort. Wasted our time, wasted their time. But when we do it in obedience and out of a love for Christ, we've won already. Hmm. I mean, that that's all about checking off a box. That's a big one right there. Oh, yeah. Even in my most challenging groups where I'm not sure it was the best group I've ever had, I've seen fruit. Yeah. I've seen God do things. And sometimes you're right, it's years later. Yeah. You see that seeds were planted and years later he... He yeah. fertilized them. Whenever we're obedient, whenever we walk, walk in obedience to Him and we do something out of our love for Him, whatever we do is not going to be uh, looked at Him in disdain. It's going to be looked in with, with appreciation. Uh, he loves us that way. And this is our opportunity just to love Him. Yeah, that's right. Well, there you have it. Journey 2.0 is is uh, continuing on your journey by giving it away to others. And I think you could probably help them uh, order their material and train. <laughs> uh, is that right, Brian? That's right. That's right. So uh, I would say if you're listening out there and, and you know, our message has convicted you or the Holy Spirit has convicted you— uh, and you want to you want to pray about that? Start praying about it. And uh, if you're ready to be obedient to a calling and and take the next step, reach out to us and we'll help you. Uh, you can send us a message on the on the website. Uh, you can send me a personal message at bcraig at influencers.org, and I will make sure that you get plugged in and equipped in in how to lead a group. Um, and be praying about a co guide. Be praying about someone that you are close with that that might be a great partner with you at, to go and lead some other people and then and then really you just pray about God to send you the people that you're to invite and uh, you'll be amazed how God will put people in your mind and put people across your path and and so it's really it's really just doing what the early disciples did so uh, so yeah we will definitely help you with that but we really are serious about wanting you guys to get everything out of out of your walk with Christ and being a disciple and and uh, and we also know there's just so many people that need this that haven't found it and we and we and we have an army of men and women out there who can help them find the way so so anyway uh, again everything's found on our website www.influencers.org and there's some tabs about journey and about guide information and all that so you'll find everything you need you know on there but we will definitely help you so be uh, be praying about journey 2.0 in 2019 
Anyway, I'm Brian Craig, and I'm Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I've been your host, and I'm encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples, please. In Jesus' name, amen.